Welcome back to the J-Side Podcast. I'm Jesse. And I'm Jason. Today we've got a very special guest. Um, we've got Griffin McNerney, who is a very long-term friend of mine and Jesse from back home in Illinois. Uh, Griffin is currently in Colorado at Colorado Christian University studying psychology. He's got a lot of stories, a lot of stuff going on in his life right now, and here he is. Yo, what's up, guys? So, Griffin, uh, what have you been up to recently? Oh, you know, uh, I, I guess we're at that tail end of school, so we're getting ready for the the real world. I guess I'm going to put a halt to that, though, because a psychology degree undergrad is pretty uh, invaluable. Uh, it's dog <laughs> <No>. water. <laughs> you got to get a master's if you really want to do what uh, most people look into with a, a psych degree. So, yeah, I got to get a master's, so I got a little more school ahead of me, but uh, I'm excited to see where the road leads. I'm excited. Are you planning on continuing at CCU with that? Um, I'm currently doing a dual degree, so uh, thankfully, get to save some money with school, right? Uh, they allow yep. you to do a portion of your master's while during undergrad. So, okay. Yeah, I didn't know if you were going to apply at a different school for your graduates or not. Yeah, probably. I mean, I, I, it's good to uh, get involved in the area that you want to practice in. You kind of get yeah. more connections, and when you do internships and just get involved with professors at, a, at the master's level, it just sets you up for success in the long run. So yeah, and you Who feel knows, a lot man? more. You feel a lot more like involved and engaged in your field once you're, like you know, more on. I've I've mentioned this to you recently, but once I started getting in more classes that are relevant to my major, I was so much more interested in like you know actual experiences that other people have in my field as well as what's going on currently in the industry. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and Jesse, you you uh, you got you were talking about how you were talking to your professor last week or the guest speaker in your class last week you got to see what was going on in your industry in real time yep absolutely Liron topaz <laughs> griffin is there any um specific field within psychology that you are looking to go into oh man yeah i feel like i keep getting asked this question a lot and i should probably have it figured out right now but since <laughs> it's kind of like the beginning of this i'm uh, some things that have intrigued me is uh ptsd uh, trauma, specifically with military, is super, super fascinating. Wow. And uh, I've had uh, some opportunities to talk with some pretty awesome guys. Um, I don't know if y'all are familiar with Chris Peranto, but um, he is the one of the main characters in 13 Hours. And I've got to spend some time with him and kind of hear a little bit about his story and his experience. And he's just an outstanding human being. And having a little bit of a conversation about civilian life and military life it is a completely different breed like yeah it's adult it's, it's a completely different bird it's bizarre it's crazy how much how different their everyday lives are as well as their long-term life is like if like someone that signs like a five to ten year contract in the military that whole span of their life is like a whole different block of like psycho like psychological experiences that, uh, that people in the military go through compared to like people that go to college for five to ten years whatever it is like it's an insane amount of impact that it has on you and your family and all your loved ones around you like there's a lot that goes into it. and i've i've talked to people that are in um like rotc as well as going to school their life like on like they could get called like uh there was one guy that i know here that uh got called to the capital 
in the middle of the semester, like he's a nursing student and he's also in the military. He's in the Air Force. In the middle of like the semester, he just had to go to the Capitol and, you know, defend the country. Whatever it was he was doing in the military, wherever they told him to go, he's got to go. He's got to drop school and go. It's crazy. Yeah, it's so pretty bizarre, man. Uh, Chris, Chris is, is unreal, too. He was actually at in Benghazi when uh, at the CIA annex when everything was going down. That's what 13 Hours is based on. Mm. So he's had some – having conversations with him, it's good to get, like, that first – like that the the original reference point you know like he experienced it so is he his point of view snowden? is super valuable snowden oh please you don't know snowden i don't know snowden man What's okay snowden? edward so snowden? edward snowden was the quote-unquote whistleblower i hate to call him that because i really do think it's like a fucking american hero but he is the one that like exposed the cia for recording and like eavesdropping on um, on america you know like on everything. Oh, like, is this know, like, like in, in the seventies and sixties or something? No, dude, this is two thousand eleven that he exposed everyone. Yeah. Like we were, we were twelve. We were in middle oh, school. I thought this was like Big Brother type crap. Well, you know, there, that's a whole another part, but that wasn't him. So he, he basically was the one that he he was using the program that allowed CIA agents, specific you know ones with certain securities, were allowed to go and like literally look through people's cameras like the way we're looking at each other right now at any time. At any time, if their computer's on or off, as long as the camera is visible to someone, like that was that's what the country and the CIA was capable of, and he exposed. There's so much. Probably, there's a great documentary on Netflix about it. It's called Snowden. It's very informative. It's the guy from, uh, yeah, he plays Robin in Dark Knight Rises. That guy, uh, whatever. Oh God, I forget his name. But it's a, it's a great movie. Definitely oh, recommend it. I know, I know who you're talking about. He's Don John. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. And Don John too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really What's cool a- though. But you should you should definitely check it out sometime. You and probably should watch it or something. Yeah, dude, but, um, I'm really into all that fun stuff. It's 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 the CIA. They got some they got some yeah. tricks up their sleeve, yeah. man. There's some garbage going on, and you know how I feel about like the social dilemma and our social media and our phones, oh, and dude. Cookies and data sharing and all this stuff. It's real. It's real quick. I'll touch steal. on this. Real quick, I'll touch on this. So, um, in my marketing class today, my digital marketing class, we had a guy. He's in a UW alum. And he works for a marketing agency in, I think, Seattle. And he, our our unit right now in class is Privacy Paradox, which is just you know data collection. You're like we're talking about how Europe treats it a whole lot stricter than the uh, U.S. And he basically gave us a talking to about how Apple has this new update coming out in iOS 14.4, where you can opt in or opt out of data collection on any app. And it's like marketing marketers and companies are freaking out about they're like dude i saw i saw a new ad the like apple privacy they've got the apple logo with like the lock on it they're pushing They're like what the hell apple we need like they're freaking out that (laughs) apple it's kind of fucking hilarious it's awesome dude i'm (laughs) all about it i I wonder if there's any hidden motives but we'll we'll see you know i hope this is a good intended thing like intentions are good all right so uh off that real quick i wanted to give a shout out to our friend Jake Gorey, who gave us the audio for our trailer, um, and as well as the beginning of uh, the last episode two, beginning and end. He is um, a dear friend of ours from back home. His SoundCloud is Gorey, G-O-R-E-Y. He's got, I think, uh, six mixes on there of just um, Cloud of EDM, Dubstep Techno, House Music, um, you know, mixes that are over 30 minutes to an hour. And he's going to be doing a lot of the audio and music that we put here on the show. And um, he's a great guy. So if you give him a listen on SoundCloud, I'm sure you'll like him. Absolute legend. (laughs) Yeah. 
All right. And so, Griffin, some of the topics that we had planned out for you today and what we wanted to touch on, um, you're obviously at Colorado Christian University, so um, your faith resides with Christianity, and you're studying psychology, and we've talked about lifespan psychology before, and I thought that was a really interesting topic, as well as theories of personality involving that book, The Enneagram. Those were the topics that I thought were really important for us to talk about today. Um, some of like the main ones that I think we, you and I always talk about is faith, creation, universe, evolution, um, all the, the basic topics that come behind any religion. Um, is there anything that you are instantly drawn to to discuss first? Yeah, you hit me with a lot there, but uh, I think just to uh, kind of, well, we're working our <clears throat> way into it, and because uh, I led with the field of psych, we'll hang out there for now. But yeah. um, theories of personality, I actually haven't gotten as much experience with that in terms of like academic setting as I would like to, but the Enneagram, I do know quite a bit about. I've yeah. read more about the Enneagram than most things, um, you know, just like for like free, fun reading. And I don't really do that a lot, so it was it was it was cool that it was special enough to, for me to put that time into it and really kind of grasp the uh, the numbers, which is uh, mm-hmm. I guess I'll give a little bit of a definition of the enneagram. Uh, the enneagram yeah, is it. a ancient typing system for personalities, and um, it's not necessarily like the Myers Briggs. A, a lot of a big issue that people run into with the Myers Briggs is you are an ENFJ or a INFP or something along these lines and that's it there's no flexibility it's very closed in it's very boxed in there's not a lot of variety in it it's you are this and you can't function anywhere else you're either an introvert or an extrovert and uh or you're either perceiving or feeling or whatever right and the difference with the enneagram is i kind of think of like the way borderlands did rng with uh with the gun types right they've got like five or six different types they've got like the bandit Malawane, um this is something Vladoff, Jesse can uh, can correlate with <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. Vla- vladoff right and all these other things yeah. and the way that they produce these millions of guns is they've got like these handful of base models and then they've got like these each pieces and attachments for each specific um company and they just hit a computer and they I'm pretty sure they just like hit enter and the computer just boom 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 rips off as many a, a wide variety of mixtures yeah. within the attachments and uh i think the enneagram can be compared to that because you have so much depth to it on top of your core number you could also have wings a dual wing or no wing uh, and what that like astrology means, <laughs> yeah right uh, you've got like rising moon so and all funny. that i don't know much about it but that's that's what i uh yeah absolutely to people about yeah I, I actually jokingly uh, call the Enneagram the Christian Zodiac because it's oh, really nice. popular amidst like the so Christian So it is community. specifically uh, through like Christianity though? Or no, there... actually no? not. No. Okay. It's, uh, so what it, uh, the Christians have really uh, grasped it and uh, they've uh, connected to it in a lot of ways because it's a personality system that can be connected to faith. And uh, a lot of it is about like the way that Christ embodies all the numbers and mm-hmm. how he's a complete and perfect version of all that fun stuff. Right, because you know God, and God's perfect. We out here trying to figure that out. I think that's a big uh, swing with the Christians. Uh, I think we got a bad rap because we're imperfect people trying to pursue a perfect God. I don't think you have as bad a rap as uh, Catholics. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, the bridge, like the the big, like the big willow tree that is Christianity. There's mm-hmm. so many coming, like so many denominations coming down yeah. from like the core thing that it's is. It's so hard Christ. to follow it. Like whenever I, you know, when you pass a church, it's it's got like a 
it tells you what it is like whatever lutheran yeah. i don't know the language of it at all but like it's hard for me to like figure out what it means from one church to the other like like, it's it, emphasis. like what the what the big differences are it's emphasis yeah so like specific they ascribe to like a specific so do you uh, want to mention what church you would go to or like yeah what absolutely you would reside with so I, I usually say uh, I love Jesus and I am a believer in Jesus. And what that means to some people is, oh, you ex- you prescribe, uh, subscribe to like scripture and you want to read into that and you want to follow the teachings of how Christ lived. And uh, that is the goal for me, right, is to is to pursue this perfect being. And obviously I can, I can understand that I can't achieve perfection, but I do want to I want to achieve moral greatness and what this hierarchy um, of like, I think it's the hierarchy of needs of this like self-actualization, oh, yeah. right? Mas- like, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I don't know yeah, if you ever read into that. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. I didn't want yeah. to butcher the name. <laughs> yeah. Maslow. Um, I, I think of Camp Laszlo. <laughs> Laszlo's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. But self-actualization, there's a, there's few people that can say that they uh, have achieved self-actualization. And yeah. uh, some of the notable ones are like Mary Magdalene, Gandhi, um, Buddha, christ and those are like the human well, people that have achieved i think it. i think the more modern version of it is sorry to cut it off in the middle but um i think people don't achieve self-actualization as much as people um experience moments of self-actualization like you know interesting do you know do you know what comes to mind for me is when i when we came to denver we went to the the caves or uh the the hot springs when yeah. we were just laying on the ground and it's the the water was 110 degrees or whatever and you and I were laying on the ground looking up at the caves like I I laid there and I felt like I was floating and it was like a self actualization thing where I was thinking about so much into my life but like that moment of achievement for you know Gandhi and the other people that you're mentioning like I can I can't imagine like what that that sense of mental being feels like when I only like felt it for like 5 seconds yeah yeah absolutely Jesse what do you think is this something that is like are you tracking I'm I'm trying my best. Like to be honest, I was born and raised Catholic. I think I might have been Christian. Yeah. So really me and Jesse want to establish well, what we yeah. what we were raised and what we think we are. You're technically right. Like Christianity is the generalization. Catholicism yeah. okay. is a product of Christianity. So it's Catholics branch, yeah. are Christian. They're Christians, okay. but they they subscribe to a specific doctrine. Okay. So so what? do catholics subscribe to what doctrine oh this is a dangerous game i'll do my best uh i, I do want to <laughs> okay um because there's there's plenty of there's plenty of wonderful catholics out there who do a really really good job at pursuing christ and that's the ultimate goal but um a lot of catholics are uh what they subscribe to is like the eucharist uh they have specific things that are valuable in their teaching um the eucharist is the uh, the process of the bread being the body of christ and the the cup being the blood of christ and during the last supper um christ said drink this in remembrance of me and this was before he was crucified and it's about like in the catholic faith they believe that it quite literally becomes the body and blood of Christ every single time you administer the Eucharist. There is mm. a miraculous thing, uh, a, a miraculous event where that literally happens. For me, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a big struggle of mine. Uh, Catholics have a very clear emphasis on confession and the hierarchy of the priest system. So the Pope is obviously the highest Catholic and 
if what I've heard is the Pope has a direct phone line to God. And he's like, hey, God, <laughs> what's up? Good to have a conversation with you. What's going on with the world? What are our next steps? And then you've yeah. got like the archbishops and then the bishops and then everything below, right? And there's this hierarchy okay. and then the fathers and the brothers and all that jazz. Yeah, and, there's um, a structure to it, like everything like government. Yes. And the way that you achieve these things is by committing to specific checks in a box. So what I have understood Catholicism as is obviously all the great things that come from scripture and the Bible and Jesus, right? The moral compass. But the way that you achieve heaven isn't through necessarily faith and follow. And I think this is what led to a huge migration exodus from the, uh, the Catholic Church is people felt like it was very like check off the boxes, not a personal relationship with Jesus. You're not an impersonal relationship with Christ or God or the Trinity. It's all about not be not swearing, not having sex before marriage, not not doing this, not doing that, checking off all the boxes, being a good person. And if you believe in Jesus on top of that, then you'll get into heaven. But if you are committing a any sinner. sins, right, a sinner, which is yeah everyone (laughs) right um and you don't do any of these things you don't check off these specific boxes and meet the criteria then you're going to burn in hell for eternity if you don't go to confession if you don't pray the pray the hell mary if you don't pray the our father if you don't go to church every sunday if you don't do all these things right and that's something that i've understood and it it and uh a catholic would probably do a much better job at expressing the the high the good qualities of of faith But there is, I do really want to stress that there is a lot of good that comes from this Catholic faith. It is a very disciplined and difficult doctrine to prescribe to. But if for people that do achieve this discipline, it's, it's, it, it can be really, really good. There's plenty of Catholics that have affected the world in a very positive way, especially with like service. Yeah. No, I'm, well, that's the thing. There's plenty of people in the multiple religions, not just Christianity, Catholicism, whatever it is that have affected the world in so many ways, but we're not aware of everyone or everything that they do. Um, Jesse, you were mentioning that you were raised Catholic, right? You think? I think you so. Think? I think so. Yeah. I think, like, I, I went through, like, confirmation. Oh, you did? Yes. All that yes. stuff. So, yeah. see, I didn't do any of that. I was technically raised Christian, um, barely. Didn't do a lot, but I, I currently consider myself an agnostic with an a me and jesse just found out the difference between agnostic and agnostic yeah but um yeah believing in a higher power yeah but also not not knowing like how much we can believe of what has already been explained through other religions um but i know jesse you said you agreed right You, you consider yourself in the same classification yeah i i like the idea that there's something bigger out there oh of course yeah but i don't necessarily want to you know settle on something there's a lot of cool religions out there i'm just saying something Absolutely. that i definitely there's value yeah, in all these yeah things, it's right? it's almost like oh like should i try a different religion a different god one with you know many gods like there's so many number of gods and they all represent different things whatever it is um like it's almost like you feel like i haven't even explored enough i haven't been exposed to anything really like but I mean, neither have most people um, on as far as number of religions go. But you know, it makes you want to explore the others because maybe you'll resonate with another much more, or maybe you won't at all, and you're just thinking it's not for me, or at least it's not for me right now. Um, you know, everyone has those 
stories of people they know or they are those people um they found jesus they found god they you know their life was saved by christ whatever it was um it doesn't hit you till later in life people it takes a while um to either build that faith and have a, a coming of of age kind of thing like you hit a certain point in your life Oh, you're, you're, you're like, you're hitting the nail on the head. It's this yeah, cognitive like, development. Like to, yeah. to say that we are, there's, there's this idea in faith where there's this, there's, uh, the age of accountability. Okay. And what this means is it allows people to have this ac- accountability for the opportunities that were presented to them to commit to Christ. Right. And this yeah. age of accountability is, is, it's argued amongst theologians, but I think I think it's around like awareness. You know what I mean? When somebody is like, yeah. I, I'm aware that I have done something good or bad, and uh, how I can, if I can understand how it affected somebody, okay. I think that that's 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 something that can be where we can be accountable for our actions. You know what I mean? Because if you can see that you injured somebody, whether it be physically or mentally, then there's an awareness there that you're like, I feel accountable for my actions. You know what I mean? So, there was something that I wrote down. Um, that I thought kind of had an explanation for faith. Um, I I was thinking, what if there was actual proof? Someone explained to um, a Christian or a Catholic or of any other religion. They they told them, I have proof, like actual proof that I can show you um, that shows that God is not real, none of it's real. And I was like, okay, would that even matter though? If I if I walked up to Griffin, just for example, anyone that's Christian, Catholic, whatever it is, and told him I have this proof that proves everything that you believe is wrong, that would not change your mind at all. Like no matter who tells you it, that is the point of faith. Like you're supposed to believe no matter what, right? Like it doesn't matter what someone says to you, does to you, you're gonna believe in Jesus Christ and have faith regardless of what is said or what is, you know, brought into existence, right? Well, it's, it's really important to define that term proof, right? If you've completely disproven something, oh, yeah. without, if, if it's objectively true, then how would I would be, I would be ignorant to refute but, that. Objective okay. Yeah. I truth. guess that is the main, that's the main argument is what but kind I, of proof do we have? But, but I, I feel you for the sake of, for the sake of this, like this deal, right? Like the object is to be so confident in the faith and so deep in a relationship with Jesus Christ. That you don't you even question don't, it. You don't re- not even you don't question it because doubting is part of humanity. Yeah, it's just that when it come when the going gets rough because it will, it's, it's humanity. Mm-hmm. You you don't renounce your faith. You you you've committed to this. You know what I mean? It's 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 just as much as a commitment as a tattoo is. You know, it's it's a part of your life. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's and, yeah, and you and and right. You're telling yeah, me that as I'm planning on getting a tattoo in a month. That's <laughs> no, I mean that's that's awesome, man. I mean, I would get a tattoo, but. The McNerney household is not father. <laughs> father with <laughs> <a stone>. That's <laughs> yeah. all right. Jesse, do you want any tattoos? Definitely. Yeah. I plan on having a lot later on. My family does, or at least my mom really does not like tattoos. Really? Yeah. I right? told my it's mom that again traditional, one. the traditional style, dude. If you're especially because your parents were raised Catholic, I assume because you were. Yeah. That's the same yeah. way mine were, dude. Oh my you, gosh. Show up. You know what's tattoo. crazy to think about is you know the the rate or percentage of how people are raised now, like. Like, like my dad was raised Catholic. He told me that when he was growing up, he had to go to church every Sunday and confession, like every time. And like, you know, there was all like that was like a normal thing for everyone. My dad grew up in Connecticut, like East Coast. Like everyone he knew would be at church on Sunday. For whereas like 
like now my dad doesn't do any of that like he has no no commitment to it anymore and i don't and i mean my mom loves going to church for the music and my brother doesn't actually well i mean there's a lot more on my brother's faith and whatever and whatever he's going through right now i don't know what is what is what he's believing nowadays but uh, i, I really it definitely changes a lot it, man i do really well, want to talk to him about you know it, right? if you know what would be crazy is if you do come to florida and so i'm going to see my brother for my birthday for the viewers um and i'm going to florida and i'm staying at my brother and brothers in tampa and griffin might come and meet up we don't know but we're planning on going skydiving but yeah you and griffin or you and alex need to need to have a conversation about that he's he would be he would love to i know he's told me he even wanted to also and you know what would be great is after skydiving he said uh the morning skydiving meditation uh process is amazing like you go skydiving in the morning the rest of your day you are bound to achieve something you're bound to succeed there's nothing that can stop you that day that's wonderful. That sounds like like my kind of my kind of cake. Oh yeah, I know. I think he literally tweeted or posted on Instagram like, "Morning, meditate. Uh, afternoon, kill it," <laughs> or something like that. Like just you know, you're you're on top of the world, and I'm really excited for it. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm hope, hoping to see you there. I'm, I'm working on it, brother. I'm working on it. You got to rally the troops, right? You know, yeah, there's yeah. there's a thousand agendas, and you gotta you gotta try and find, I don't know, a common ground. Yeah, we'll call it I got you. Yeah, planning's hard. All right, so Jesse? Um, one thing that I did want to bring up, because we were talking about like you, like your dad's relationship versus your relationship versus maybe your grandparents' relationship with religion. Right now, if I'm not mistaken, we have not had a U.S. president who has not, um, not declared themselves under Christianity. Do you think that in the near future that will change? I don't know if we have. Okay, I just want to add something real quick to the same the same topic um mm-hmm. i i genuinely believe not within any time soon a president will ever be elected that is not you know a, a follower of god christian catholic usually between those two i'm guessing and i find that to be really weird like it's kind of effed up that that's a selective thing that each president has to commit to if you don't say god bless usa if you don't say like um thank god but not only god but jesus like you have to like commit to that as a president and like i get it they probably are you know they probably are christians they probably are catholics they're old as most of the presidents are that's their age but what if there's a time in 10 20 years where someone that's you know of our era decides to run and they genuinely they were never catholic christian whatever it was do you think that's something that is worth um exploring i personally think in in 40 years, we'll have our first president who doesn't identify with Christianity. I don't I don't think we should ever have an atheist as president, but, like, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying I, we should do. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 they would probably start a war, but, like, I, yeah. <laughs> no offense to the atheists out there, but <laughs> don't run for president. Um, I'm not voting for you. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I feel like just generally people are falling out of religion. I think religion's a great idea. Like it's a community for people to feel secure for sure, and it's helpful yeah. for so many people for so many reasons. But yeah, yeah, I think it's a terrific thing. But I think with access to the media now, with like YouTube, every like every ten year old kid has an iPad. Everybody has so many other people like speaking into their heads, other than just their parents. Yeah, that they're not getting those traditional values that they were, let's say, forty to sixty years ago. Yeah, because you know what's annoying is the parents that just you know. Stop bugging me. Here's the iPad. Walk away. Like they're not well, raising their kid. They're the not teaching their kid values. The virtual babysitter, values. man. 
the virtual yeah, babysitter does a better job and than than any parent you just it's a never-ending distraction like there's yeah. it's the internet the kid can go do anything for sure. which i get and it it's i'm a sure serious, there's times serious problem it is and I'm, i get it i'm sure there's times but whenever i have kids i'm gonna be like all right bug off for a little bit but i i feel like i i will hopefully have the power to limit it you know at a moderate level like you know regulate it so that it's not so crazy that i think i'm losing track or losing control of my child yeah um i feel like we know a lot about computers or a lot about electronics at least us three where we we have at least an idea of how we can control and we're aware like i yeah we're us three are definitely aware of the social dilemma considering the movie and how much data and information is getting thrown into children's head the youth and it's it's messing them up like emotionally mentally physically everything and we're so aware of it that we are going to consider certain things that current parents do not it's not their fault like it really is it's a new age it's not their fault it really isn't it's a new age they did what they thought was best and now we're aware of the problems and what can be caused from certain actions and we can try to change those actions hopefully you know hopefully that's the goal yeah, right. Better, like better there's society. this idea. There's this idea that history repeats itself, and I really think a major contributor to history repeating itself is forgetting history and not acknowledging what history was. And yeah. people are unwilling to subscribe to the to the to the hard way, man. It's easy to put an iPad in front of your kid, and it works. Super easy. You know not, what I mean? Yeah. It's like the same exact thing. Why people ask, like, why do you keep doing this to yourself? You wouldn't. You really wouldn't do things that affected you negatively if it didn't work the majority of the time most things that are positive like impact you positively it was not the easy thing it was definitely the hard thing everything that's hard is everything that is good for you is not easy that's that's just basic if you are um you know whatever it is school faith job it's going to take commitment work effort efficiency to get to the next step to get to the next level and it's it's commitment that um if you you know you're relentless through the whole process that you can you can overachieve and you know improve yourself every day and progress progress isn't easy and also being busy is not progress saw that today if you're busy it doesn't mean you're making progress progress is progress yeah right true i agree people they're like oh i'm so busy like with work school whatever okay but like you should be doing something at least once a day hopefully at least once a week that you make that makes you feel better than you were before and that you're making progress yeah. in life as a person as a human so, you know, yeah. self, self-care, self like, you know, do something for yourself, but also, you know, better yourself with it. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. It's really difficult to get that gear going, though. You know what I mean? To get that ball rolling, especially yeah. when it's hard to definitely see the value, right? Like for the gym with me, uh, Jason, you're an avid gym goer. And Jesse, you're an avid runner. You guys have got your... Jesse's still, Jesse's even, if Jesse had access to a gym, I know he'd be in there every day. I work out almost every yeah, day yeah. right you now. Just, yeah, he works on the basement. But you guys but yeah, have got yeah. that that inertia. You know what I mean? You've yeah, got that exactly. momentum ripping and you're committed and the the force that's going to stop you has to be pretty big. And for me, it's it's difficult to commit to that gym mentality when I'm when I'm kind of content with where I'm at right now, right? Like I don't See, yeah. I don't feel that pull to improve with like size or speed or any of that fun stuff you know what i mean the only time that That i feel that is when i get toasted like if if i did an intramural football right and uh oh yeah i sacked the qb and it was it was awesome it was it was a a touchback and i was like 
dude, F the gym, bro. I don't need the gym. Like, yeah. I'm chilling. Like, I haven't no. ran in, like, two years. Like, I'm chilling. If you are confident in, in, like, you know, your body and mind, especially, like, body in this in this scenario, if you're confident where you are, you don't need to go in the gym every day. You should be doing something, I think, I mentioned it before, I still live by this quote, get out of your mind again, your body. But Facts. You mentioned you that on can, the first episode. I did. Yeah, I, I love it. Because it's really how I feel every time I get in the gym and have a good day at the gym. Get out of your mind, get in your body, because you will feel so much better when you leave. But if you can do something, like you do yoga, do you still do yoga? I know you like, you enjoy yoga, right, Griff? Yes, I do enjoy yoga. I have not been doing yoga recently. But but you know it's good for you. Right? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I mean, it's good to like start that day in that pace to get the blood flowing and yeah. to get like this movement, right? This... Yes. Yeah. No. So what, what I'm just saying yeah. is the people that get that, it's almost like a dopamine thing. Like if you get that and you know, you know, you know that once you get going, you're going to feel great. But you know, getting going is the hardest part. The hard, the best part, the best thing you can do to go to the gym every day is just show up. If you just, if That's you drive right. yourself to the gym, you're bound to do something. Businesses swear a by or that. A lot. Businesses oh, yeah. swear show by the up. 80, 20, 80% is showing up. Yeah. 20% dude, is literally that was whatever. a, that was a test question on my uh, consumer behavior test last week. We had to uh, explain the 80, 20 rule. Yeah. Um, do you do you know what the eighty twenty rule is, Jesse? Not a clue. No. So it's basically the theory that a lot comes from a little, or a little comes from a lot. So in business and marketing, specifically from my uh, class that I was learning, like an example of it would be um, a lot of customer complaints come from a little amount of people, and it and it's like a lot of sales come from a little amount of people, or like a little amount of sales come from a lot of people. It goes both ways, and it's it's not exactly 80-20 every time, but it's just the theory that a lot comes from a little. So, like, um, there's shopaholics, people that, you know, buy a lot. That they're, that 20% of people accounts for 80% of the sales. It's just a theory to um, be able to target markets in the marketing world, at least for me. Um, do you have a different experience with 80-20 rule, Griffin? No, I think you're hitting the nail on the head. Um, my One of my roommates is talking about a similar thing, and he explained it through, like, the hiring process with, like, mm-hmm. the 80-20 of people that are actually going to contribute to making the business perform at a high quality. And yeah. then that, yeah, like 20%. Only 20% of people that. are going to account for 80% of the good, thing, the good things exactly that happen right. to a business. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. when you think about it, how difficult it is to hire an extremely diligent and uh, driven team. Yeah. It's not even the ability to hire. It's the luck of hiring someone that has that. Right. Because some people are in that phase of life where they're just like, I got the gig. Sweet. My expectations are met. I'm not going to improve anymore. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not interested in climbing this. Oh, level. I have a paycheck now. Why would I better myself? Yeah, right. It's enough. Well, you know what? Yeah, Settling. get your paycheck higher. <laughs> yeah, right. It's very easy to settle and be content with where you are. Like literally what I just explained with the, yeah. with the gym. I'm settling. Yeah. I can yeah. improve. So, oh, yeah, that reminds me what I what I was thinking. I think the main reason that you have that is um, not not shaming you in any way at all. I hope you don't co- no, take man. this You're differently. Good. But you, you've you always been very in shape, I would say so. Like you've got – you're Cheers. slim. You've always looked muscular. No homo. I genuinely think you've always had that. Whereas myself, I definitely struggled with like, I don't know, the body image type issues. Jesse, would you say that you maybe had that and that's what motivated you at one point? Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude, body I think, image. But I think, I, I mean, body image is, is something that I think every single person would run into, right? Like, yeah. body image, I'm, dude, I'm a twig, right? Like, I could yeah. be lean, but super oh, skinny. There's oh, you're, always, totally, you're totally right. There's always something, right? You know, like yeah. the same thing with like, there's always a silver lining. There's always that little voice in the head that's telling you that there's something wrong. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, no one, obviously no one's perfect, so you're, everyone's always going to have some problem with themselves. No one's yeah. ever actually fully happy with how they look. You're no your own worst critic. I mean, they've been saying yeah, that since, exactly. like, biblical times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I just always thought that body image was my main um, goal when I first started. At least, I always start working out when something happens to me in my life, like, um, whether it's divorce, girlfriend, whatever it was something big in my life like when i transferred schools that was another time that i got into lifting a lot again um it's always something that pushes me but then it's not the body image that keeps me going it's you know the routine the schedule the feeling after each workout of how i can go you know i'll go and kill it in class or on a test or at work i'll perform better i'll feel better about myself at the end of the day yeah you're not a narcissist where it's just like you're getting in the gym and you get a raging hard on because of how good looking you are yeah oh god my biceps look really big today yeah but there's nothing wrong (laughs) with like being proud of what you've achieved oh yeah definitely fine line fine fine line definitely enjoy the progress that you made (laughs) jesse's jesse's got five abs bro (laughs) (laughs) let's not talk about that all right all right jesse Um, i want to hear one thing one thing that you brought up right there that I think is really interesting is when you're going through these hard times, right? When Whether it's um, the divorce, uh, girlfriend, something like that, that drives you, that motivates you, right? Mm-hmm. You said that. I think that's, my, I think that's, that's the such an push. interesting thing. That's the initial push, right? yeah. But when we're talking about positivity, motivation, things like that, I think that when I'm in my worst mood, like when I'm feeling the worst about myself, where I'm at, that's the biggest motivator for me. If I'm in like a really shitty spot, this might be weird or like sound bad, but no. like I'll play like really sad music. I'll play like whatever it is, but that motivates me. I'll go code and work on a project for like eight hours straight ah. when I'm in my worst mood because I'm not trying to play games with people. I'm not trying to talk to people. I'm not trying to hang out. Yeah. I'm in my own bubble and I'm getting shit done. So I don't, it was definitely one of you that I talked about this recently, maybe both. Yeah, Griff, you know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Um. So Jesse, when you... Let's say when you are sad and you play sad music, do you think that keeps you sad or do you think that makes you cheer up? I think it fuels my emotion. If, okay. Oh, that's a that's a perfect way of putting it. Fuels your emotion. And it's the same way for if you're pumped up. Let's say you're listening to like, you know, like Slipknot, whatever it is you listen to, like me- like metal music. You think that yeah. keeps you pumped up? Does definitely doesn't reverse the definitely doesn't reverse what the initial emotion is. It keeps yeah, it fueled. Absolutely. And so what Griffin and I were talking about one time recently was People that listen to sad music, they're listening to sad music because they want to keep feeling sad, whether they know it or not. They're fueling that emotion, as you just put it. I think that was a mm-hmm. great way of putting it, actually, because if I'm sad, I've got a whole playlist for sad music, and I love listening to it when I'm sad because it's like almost like I feel good about matching my mood with my music. Like It's a weird achievement for people to like have that control of taste in music or whatever it is. Movies, people do it with TV uh, whether it's like reality shows, documentaries, movies, they can match their emotion by um, some form of entertainment to continue that feeling. Super weird. Yeah. But well, what's, what, what, the, what that comes from, right, Jason, is the mood is altered. And what happens is it, it this music adds like a sustenance. It adds a, a whole different variable to your experience. You're fueling that emotion, yeah. boom, nail on that. Brings it to it, a new level. Well, yeah, you really get to feel it. And then what that allows you to do is understand it a little bit more, depending on the person, right? Yeah. But it, what, what it came as an extension of this with the, the topic of music and mood is perception, right? And uh, I've, been, I've been dabbling in this idea of perception being reality. You know, an individual's worldview is what determines their reality, 
whether whether an objective truth is right in front of their face or not they're willing to it completely disregard this objective truth because of what their perception is and music they've been doing a lot of studies in terms of how music molds your mood and this by extension led them mm-hmm. to changing how it molds your perception and if you're listening to let's say uh, we don't need to get apple top 100 songs of the week well yeah you could listen to if, if an individual music. is only exposed to um really like uppity like imagine dragons right like just like the most uppity like, <laughs> yeah. the world's a oh, great place like yeah. well you know like just like, stoked you're in a vibe if that was what you were only exposed to what that would do is that would form a view about people and the world and just like this uppity like energetic personality and like go get them and like this is why motivational speakers are effective so Sometimes, because people that are are susceptible to this perception, they mm-hmm. they just grasp it, and they, they that's that push, right? That's these things that they can change your life. Committing to this perception and music, yeah. man, music because of how much we play it plays a really big role. You can really you can really put yourself in a funk, or you can really put yourself in a good spot. It's, it's I literally crazy. Saw a tweet a few days ago. I retweeted it. I'm looking at it right now. It's just reminder: changing your your perspective can change your life. And I, I retweeted it because I was like, this is so true. Like, there's times where I, like, I sit there and I evaluate. And you need to reevaluate yourself sometimes, like, what you're doing in life. And you need to assess your goals, assess um, all the variables that are playing into your life in that moment. And if you can change your perspective and look at it from maybe not someone else's point of view, but just a different point of view, you're going to get something different out of it. If you can get something different out of your life every day, then that's another way of achieving your day. So, you yeah. know, maybe watch class naked one day i don't know <laughs> go to whoa, whoa. <laughs> go to class without your shirt i don't know do something weird um Definitely seek discomfort yeah yes absolutely yeah you you know you know the next phrase i'm going to throw at you griff that i've said to you before is uh get comfortable being uncomfortable yeah because if you can be comfortable um not in your own shoes then you can be successful wherever you are no matter what hits you do you guys think that music can be unhealthy. Jason, we've talked about dopamine detoxing before, and we talked about how music can play a huge role in dopamine releases within your brain. Yeah. Um, anything, too much of anything, right? Like it's, that's, it's everything it's really, in moderation. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's a really good rule to live by. And you can, you can really tell, you know what I mean? You can tell when you pass that threshold into too much. Like why I had a huge suicide boys phase in uh oh my in God, high school yeah. and suicide boys is, is they, they make good music, right? Like they make some heaters and they, and you can jam to them, but that's all like subjective in terms of the person that listens to it. But it's really, really dark. It's really, really emo. It's really, really negative. It's very, very just like the only thing that I think really brings people together on it is this like common theme of like feeling and emotion and this community that comes as a result is super uh, welcoming you're like oh i'm a part of something right now you yeah know, like, we're, we're a part of this squad. because of the the ampli- the, the amplitude that like they portray their music as like oh, it so makes unreal. people feel, feel you're never questioning what they're it. saying you know yeah, exactly no, how like, they feel oh, this, this, bus- <laughs> this shit yeah. busting like you love it you don't care what they're portraying or what they're saying but um i want you to answer your own question there jesse before i answer it that's it, it's really interesting because when I'm listening to music, because I'm at home all the time right now because of COVID, because it's cold out, because there's just nobody around, everybody's at school, I am have so much time alone that I normally listen to music probably 12 hours a day, which is a lot of music. Oh, it's so good. Though. But you know that when you listen to music, 
once you've listened to it too much, you run out of music, you don't want to listen to that song anymore, you're trying to find new music. There's endless amounts of music now, but if I can't find that music that gives me that hit, that gives me that boost to work out or something, I feel unmotivated. I feel like I have had too much music where I almost become dependent on it to do certain actions in my day-to-day basis. That's So awesome. I do think it could be. That awesome. awareness so, is super important, dude. Yeah. That's money. No, so uh, something that came to mind when you said that was uh, not only that, but then you hit a point where if you, like, let's say you can't listen to music, like, whatever it is, like, you know, you're in the car, your speakers don't work. You're like, fuck, dude, I need music. Like, when I get in the car, if I can't listen to music, I'm like, oh, my God, what's the point of even driving? Like, <laughs> like seriously, though, like, if you, let's say your yeah. speakers went out and your headphones didn't work, you literally couldn't listen to music. Like, nothing works. You're like, oh, my God, like, this is terrible. I need music right now. And it's it's like... You shouldn't, it's almost like you're relying on it. We know you're not, but like, you know, it's going to affect you a little bit emotionally. So that's a weird part to consider. But, um, do you know, switching it up is Do you know the good. song Car Radio by 21 Pilots? Yeah, of course. Great song. Well, I don't know if you guys know, but like with the Z3, I used to carry around like my big UV yeah, Mega Boom and use that as a speaker instead. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, a lot of times I didn't iPhone back then. I don't know if you know about iPhone batteries, but they're not the best, right? Especially <laughs> okay. in the cold. Lithium if I'm driving iron. in the winter, they're going to die. Things yeah. aren't going to last. So sometimes I won't have music. It's like a 35, 40 minute car ride. So I memorized every word to the song car radio and I would just sing it to myself driving all the way home. And that was just my go-to song when I didn't have my radio. That's funny. I don't know. That's um, awesome. No, but I think a great thing for me that what I was going to say for that question was recently i realized how much music i listen to like it's the same with me like not actually not as bad because you are home a lot more but like when i'm sitting around doing homework whatever it is i have music on if i'm laying in bed i have music on um i recently started listening to like meditation playlists whenever i meditate or like a lo-fi when i'm reading whatever it is music is usually always on when i'm walking on campus music's on when i'm in the car music's on but i was like this is too much so then i started listening to more podcasts um, actually in my digital marketing class, we have to listen to a podcast a week and then a, a group of, uh, presents an infographic on the podcast and presents other stuff about it. And I realized like, I felt like I was getting more out of the podcast because I went so long only listening to music. I was paying more attention to it. I was able to not only like listen to the information, but then absorb it and like realize what I'm listening to rather than I used to listen to podcasts, like just just for like other like personal reasons, whatever it was. And I didn't feel like I got as much out of it as I do now because I went so long without it. So that just says that's a different, um, you know, input output of how much podcast I was listening to before versus now. But I think it was also the substitute for music to podcast that helped me um, switch it up. But now I'm back on the music grind, but I'm trying to listen to more podcasts too. Yeah. Yeah. It's super easy um, to revert back to that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was the easy thing to do. Let's be honest. That's what I did. Absolutely. I, I mean, that's like with anything, right? Any of this uh, this information overload that we have accessible at all times. If you don't have music, you go onto YouTube. If you don't want to watch YouTube, mm-hmm. you go onto Twitch. If you don't want to go onto Twitch, you go on your Xbox. If you don't want to go on your Xbox, you finally get your homework done. <laughs> no, I'm just yeah, kidding. well, you're, you're the person, Griff, that doesn't do their homework until you realize... It's due in three hours, but you get it done in those three hours every time. Yeah, every single time. I wouldn't say it's that I don't realize. I just like the motivation. You're just like, of oh, I can. Crunch. You time. know that you'll get it done. You'll get it done yeah. in crunch time. Exactly. Versus, I, it's not I motivating like when that. I'm like, I've got all this time. <laughs> I have a week. Why would I start now? Yeah. There's no motivation there. It's just I can like relax if I give now. myself twelve hours to crush it, 
and I always I always finish with like more than enough time, right? Like mm -hmm. I, I did an assignment this morning, and I I had a whole interview with a a counselor, and the it was like a twelve hundred word paper, so it wasn't that big. It was like four pages, so it was like nothing. And I did it in like what was it? What was the paper on? It's uh, so basically what we had to do is we had to interview a professor, not a professor, a uh, clinical counselor that is currently working, and the object was to see how they've applied the theories that they've learned from their master's program and how it's connecting into the class right now and what we're learning with our theories. And cause there's plenty of theories for mm -hmm. psych people, you know, clinical counselors and what they, uh, what they subscribe to and how, what they believe and how they, how they act as a clinician in the, so in what, the room. what was your clinical counselor's field? Um, well, she is a LPC, which is a licensed professional counselor, and she would do. Um, she was super into the Enneagram because she feels like it's a really valuable tool. Tool, I agree to an extent, but uh, I'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, she's also um, EMDR, and EMDR is for trauma. Um, so people that are people that are like functioning with. I don't know, like PTSD or sexual assault or just like abuse in general. EMDR therapy is, it's good and bad. There's, there's some, there's some ways that it can be really beneficial and some ways that it can be not so beneficial. It's, it's a case to case basis. Like it's like almost, it almost, does it do too much? Does it overcompensate? Is so like here, a lot of things that I've been running in psychology, right? Is EMDR good or bad? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You run into okay. that all the time. One of those. It's, it's it's dude. That's like like psych. Yeah, yeah. Because it's human beings. You're dealing with human beings, and like you got to think about the uniqueness of every single human being. Generalization is sociology's job. It's like a it's it's looking through the lens of a community and then making a an assumption an assumption a uh, educated guess or a conclusion based on the data that comes out of the whole entire community. Where psych is more on a individual level and it like hones in on this person specifically and their story, the things that make them them all the variables that have contributed to their life behaviorally, cognitively. And that's why lifespan is birth to death and everything in between. You know what I mean? You've got to think about how profound one human experience is like, that's freaking crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, is, is the idea behind, is the idea behind lifespan psychology? Cause, um, when I was researching your, your school's website i just i was able to click on the class but i didn't it didn't really give me like a, a rundown of the class but from what our conversations have consisted of i i couldn't tell if it was comparing people's lives in the way that we all experience very similar aspects in our life through different specific um moments or actualities or is it saying that it's completely the opposite and that every single life is completely different in its own way and we have these different experiences but overall i couldn't tell if it was but overall they're all the same in the end and that it all begins life and death and everything in the middle kind of blends in i'm gonna answer just how i answered is emdr good or bad yes you know what i mean it's okay both. it's that's that seems okay. to be a very common theme and jesse mentioned something on the last podcast about nature versus nurture and i was i was Ooh, like oh my god i was really hoping we could talk about this yeah, I was like, I really want to talk about this because it's yeah, super, super important because um, I believe, Jesse, that you functioned very nurture, 
you were you were committed to the idea that the environment is what determines the role of all this so stuff. So can we give a quick background on what that was, just in case? What what Jesse's conversation? Jesse, do you want to restate what we were talking about or what we were saying? Do you remember? Um, Nature versus nurture for your. We were talking about art and math for you. Take you know, take your stance on. Okay, it. okay. So here's the thing: no matter what, no matter what there is. It goes into like talent and skill and we could talk about that too. No matter what the truth is, I almost want to buy in to the idea that it is 100% nurture. If I am abiding by the ideology that's all nature, if I'm born into something, if I have this talent and these are my set of, of talents, right? I can't go into these different areas. If I'm predisposed into some skill sets and not others i feel like that's really discouraging as a human i want to have the ability to be advantageous in all grounds in all skills you know yeah i i I agree with you that would be wonderful but that's not the reality because everybody's not lebron james everybody's not (laughs) lebron james you know what i mean lebron james is built different you know what i mean his his uh, his Mm -hmm. uh, his physiology alone is so incredible he can do things that a five foot four person couldn't do you know what i mean you put a five foot four person in an eight foot tall room and say touch that ceiling light go jump and touch that ceiling light you're never going to be able to do that you know what i mean and that's like the same as where lebron could do that all day there's specific things that set people apart and is it nature versus nurture or is it nature and nurture so real quick i would it's, i think let's, it's both let's big time Okay, but let's yeah. let's think non nothing physical. Don't think anything, you know, height, what not. That's genetics. Let's don't even think height, weight, vertical, any of that. Think um Jesse's better at math than you and I combined. Let's be honest. He is. <laughs> so Thanks, guys. Hey, I'll never I, say I, don't know to a challenge, man. I want to try it. <laughs> Bro, Jesse's ran okay. me through some math quizzes. He's good. <laughs> Yo, I'm you ever play kidding. Jackbox he, games, uh, Jesse? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, know, yeah. like yeah. Murder Trivia Party when they do the math one, bro? I'm cracked at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm telling yeah. you, Jesse's really good. But real quick. <clears throat> no, I believe so, you. I'm sure sk- he's great. Skill-wise, I think art and skill are – like the skill of art basically is something you got or you don't got at the beginning – but you can always work for it. You can always, you know, through re- uh, regiment and nurture. That's that's something that you can develop. Some people might start out like so. Jesse and I, uh, starting out uh, with art skill. He's at a five. I'm at a two. Like that's that might be how it started out. Really, that's how I think it might work. And I could work to a five, and I could work to get higher just through practice and whatever it is I want to work for. Or Jesse, also, he did practice a lot harder. He's, you know, nine, eight, whatever it is. And I never pushed my artist, my artistic ability as much as Jesse did. So I think you might start out with a different level of understanding of art, music, math, whatever it is. But overall, everyone can still push further if it's a, you know, an ability through, through mind, not through physicality. I think it's really important to determine what art is. If you're talking paint, I think paint is all the science. All science and mathematics. If you're, if you're painting something from a reference, I right? know exactly where you're going, dude. I've heard this. Before. I know where you're going every with this too, hue, and I love it. Every color is a formula of different colors, mm-hmm. right? It's forty percent blue, twenty percent red, thirty percent yellow. Boom. RGB. Whatever it is, 
<laughs> you have your accumulation of colors that makes your pigment. If you want to get super technical with where to put it, you grid it out. If you're not comfortable or you can't see where to put it, you grid out your reference, you grid out your canvas. And you can make a one-to-one -one replica of any painting just by doing that. So it's, you could argue that for any form of art then, though. Music? 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 Come down comes down to science too. Yeah, and but but and what math. I think you're something that's reading sheet music is math. Reading, uh, uh, creating music with a guitar or a piano, the the instrument itself, it's an instrument. It's a machine. Like it's 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 a instrument of science almost. It's just it produces noise, and noises have certain effects with your brain. Like it's it's all science. But but yes, right. But I think something that's super crucial that you guys are glazing over here is the ability to replicate and the ability to create are completely different. You know what I mean? Some people mm. can create and some people cannot. Mm. You know what I mean? Okay. There's a reason that we're not a boy band at the top there's, of the charts. Singing, there's a reason that there's ripping, cover bands you know I mean? versus originals. There's yeah, cover absolutely. bands and there's originals. Yeah, I, yeah. I see what the, you and you got to you got to take these things into consideration. Mm. Like with IQ, right? The intelligence quotient. There's a threshold that you are in. You can start it somewhere, and you can, if you neglect your brain, right, and you don't train it, and learn new skills, and adapt, and and educate yourself, and avoid ignorance. Essentially, your IQ is going to your IQ score is going to decrease. It's going to diminish. But if you pursue a higher intelligence and you start doing these things, it'll increase. Thankfully, yeah. there's a ceiling and a floor. So you can only go so high. There's limits to your ability. And that says a lot about the nurture aspect of things. But since there is that maneuverability in between the ceiling and the floor, that's where nurture comes in. That's how I've understood it a little bit, is you have uh, an area where you can improve, but there's a ceiling. Jace, yeah. I can hoop to an extent right but yeah. you know that i'm not you're a, not a real hooper <laughs> but, I'm a, but i'm a great athlete in a bunch of other sports you know yeah. what i mean no, and if climber. i practiced if i practiced basketball i could definitely improve i, could oh, I guarantee you, i yeah, can cross you... people up I, if i can cross people up in the cross i can cross people up in basketball yeah no oh no you 100 percent could it's it's amount of but the thing that you're, you're but i'm not lebron right now, i'm not Le right but i'm agreeing with the ability that nurture can produce an improvement i'm not agreeing okay. with the fact that Jason, so I'm in sorry my to opinion, think that we were never on different sides. No, uh, it's, it's it's nature and nurture, okay. not necessarily a hundred percent nurture. And I'm with you, Jesse. How awesome would it be if we could just grind so hard and be the best at something? And whoever grinded the most produced yeah. the best. Score. If you could make yourself grow to be yeah. LeBron James high in physicality, yeah, like, right. That would that's a different level of nurture that doesn't exist though. Like, dude, don't get me wrong. I wish I was six five. But there's stuff <laughs> in there like dieting, growing up. Me, for example, I drank a bunch of like Mountain Dew. Yeah, yeah Mountain Dew gamer products. fuel, like, baby. That changes you. Like that 100%. builds into your well, physicality. Obviously, there's dude, genetics. No, that but go that's into also irreversible things. Well. Like this, this is a whole other level of diet, nutrition, whatever, or not that goes into it. People, so many variables. <clears throat> parents that feed their children Cheetos and Mountain Dew. That's gonna like if that's what their diet is as a child. Not only is it gonna be hard to reverse that later in life that is going to have irreversible <clears throat> impacts on their physical body for the rest of their life because that that is when their body was developing and it sounds like i remember hearing as a kid like oh your body's developing like you know don't smoke don't drink don't don't like you know take care of your body as a child didn't really listen as much as a kid but now i realize they're so right like what if there was things i did differently as a kid Maybe I'd be taller. Maybe I'd be heavier. Maybe I'd be skinnier. Maybe I would have different things going on my body. Maybe my I my, I wouldn't get an upset stomach whenever I have cheese. Like like there's like different things that you can like nurture your body in different ways as a kid based off how your parents treat you or feed you or whatever it is that can impact the rest of your life. 
But the, exactly the same exact thing, Jace. There's a reason that you would make the joke when we were younger that if I eat a, 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 a slice of bread, I gain 20 pounds, and Griffin could eat a loaf and he won't gain anything. That's genetics. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is genetics. And I'm not saying that that's why, yeah. But yeah, like, right. that is totally you, you, yeah. it's super super important and this is me this is uh, this is definitely a bias in my field because my field is super oriented around both you gotta like really take a look at all the variables to hyper focus on a super important yeah. conclusion and into in order like to each determine, grain of salt could be nature or nurture i see yeah right like you got to determine with all things considered an, un- an incomplete inqu- equation doesn't give you what it equals you know what i mean you can't just be mm-hmm. like, oh, I have this portion and this is good enough, right? Like, have you guys have you guys ever watched Particle Fever? No, what is that? Oh, super cool. Um, so it's about the particle accelerator. Um, I think it's like the Hardron ex- accelerator or Hardron collider. Hardron something Hadron collider. collider. Yeah, 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 yeah. Large collider. Yeah, it's in Switzerland. It's in... S- it's in Switzerland, and basically what they did is they they recreated the Big Bang in terms of, like, oh, appealing bro. to the media. Like, that was what they said for, like, appealing to the media. And what it yeah. does is it has these... Um, I have heard of this. These uh, I, f- I forget exactly what the term is, but it's got, like, it's protons or something. It's like that, it's like that thing sh- on the bottom schnoz. floor of Ascension. It's like that. Right. They, they literally run at high speeds. It, dude, yeah. it got so hot in the collider like way hotter than the sun the hottest humanity mm-hmm. has ever like done like a, really? like a reach temperature way hotter than the sun. super cool okay, wait, okay i'm wait, nerding out it about again it, I, need, I need to watch it but the particle fever is super fascinating because it, it uh with the theorists the the physics theorists write down a bunch of theory when they're doing their physics to try and determine something right they're trying to um Write in equations to find a conclusion which would allow them to go deeper into the origins of creation, the origins of life, the origins of the beginning of time, right? And that was the intention of the collider was running these uh, protons and protons into each other at a really, really high speeds because they explode and they create a bunch of stuff. And they're trying to find the the God particle, which is the Higgs. The Higgs. Um, I, I know what you're talking about. I, it's yeah. it's it's not the god particle that was just like media like oh let's get gassed up god particle we're gonna determine yeah. whether or not god is real or fake super saiyan <laughs> but yeah they talk about supersymmetry and chaos and if this if this proton i think i don't know if it's a proton i'm, I'm, I'm spitball shooting from the hip yeah but if this thing is a specific number to the right then the multiverse theory and chaos is a thing and essentially it would it would, it would disprove god because God is like the creator is like symmetry and all this fun stuff. Oh, and like wow. there's like there's a specific natural flow of the universe and time and all these things that really don't make sense, but it kind of seems like somebody like placed it into play like things just kind of work. Like a tree just knows how to grow, like yeah. stuff like this. Like like the world kind of just works. The fact that like Earth works is nuts. But the other <laughs> uh, the other side yeah. is supersymmetry, right? Supersymmetry is cool crazy and that would prove the existence of god and it's so funny because what it what they concluded was right in the middle the 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 number that came was in between the high number and the low number and it was smashed right in the middle so it basically just left left all the questions like unanswered and i just think (laughs) no way yeah which is just so i need to watch this from like yeah particle fever man super short it's super cool and like they do a really really good job at dumbing down the physics because there are portions of it where you're like 
yeah, I don't get that, bro. <laughs> yeah. But um, there's, there's, it's super insightful. And yeah, man, I, I, I forgot exactly why I brought this up, but particle fever, bro, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I kind of forget why you brought it up too, but um, super funny that uh, just when you brought up, when they, they dumbed down the level of physics, that's what you said, right? Yeah. Um, there's an episode, it's, it was on Joe Rogan experience. I think it was with Brian Cox. That might've been the guy. He's like an, he's an astrophysicist or like, um, metaphysics or something like that. And when he, he explains things that they've studied for so long in human terms and you realize like how, how universal it is, like what they do, their, their line of work in physics. Um, if I can't obviously put it in my own words, but, um, it's a, it establishes an understanding in everyone's life that most people can grasp and it's really opening like eye-opening to to realize what it is that goes into our whole world like not just earth but like the universe and what came to mind when you were talking about that uh uh particle fever so these guys tried to recreate the big bang right yeah that was like that was like the big media thing to pull people yeah in. yeah so instantly i thought dude, what if these guys recreate the Big Bang and the whole world just gets sucked into a black hole and then we're gone? Like, that's that's what I thought. Dude, that, the media the media literally portrayed that and they were just like, that's not even kind of possible. Like, they, <laughs> like we gonna, can't. Because we can't people were that. like, the, the, the collider is going to make the world end and we're just going like, <laughs> to like... and They're like, it's all over. And no, all these physicists okay. are just like, gosh. But of course that's what the media portrays because that's the, that's the thing that instantly came to my mind. I was like, dude, what if these guys like destroy the universe like, yeah. they've used like, it a few times now <laughs> so yeah you no i yeah. i don't doubt it that it's actually not possible but super crazy that like that's definitely what the media is going to go after if someone like me just randomly thought of it that's probably yeah. what someone that works there was doing the same thing if i'm not mistaken they're shooting it, i mean it's basically a nuclear reactor and like the physics on how it works but shoots a particle that's literally the size of like a the tip of a pin yeah so it's so so minuscule so even if it is like a hundred times higher than the surface of the sun or the core of the sun or whatever, if something were to happen, it's really not going to make any difference. Jason, it's oh, literally, it's, it's so 17 tiny. miles, this giant, it's a giant ring. 17 and miles. They're on, they're on a pathway, these yeah. particles, and they're going at like high that. speeds, ripping it. And then they, like they slowly go like this. Yeah, yeah, right? When he creates the new chess piece. And yeah, like, bro, it's the, it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And literally, right? Like it's ripping, and then they collide in four points, and then there's four bases. You gotta check it out. It's super, super. Yeah, I will. I definitely will. That's cool. But um, I want to circle back to the enneagram. We can. Okay. I, I, I was. I just want to make sure we touched on uh, nature versus nurture. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And uh, as an extension of nature versus nurture, right? Yeah, if you can segue that to enneagram. Oh, enneagram for sure. Right? There's these things there's these contributing factors to the person that you are today right and this is where i really agree with maybe give some examples of things in the enneagram because i know you've talked about it with me before maybe jesse can understand it more if you gave an example yeah yeah absolutely um question question yeah. about the enneagram so like the myers-briggs that's something you could just go online and take it's like an online test mm-hmm. is it the same thing for the enneagram yes but big but here right um you, you won't get as much out jason of it. anyone is a complex individual who is themselves, And there's a specific self-awareness that is, I don't want to say required, but yeah, for lack of a better phrase at, at the moment, required to discern what you truly associate with a number. Because 
there's a lot of stuff on there that you can look at and you can just be like the qualities of this oh yeah i like this and like i can i can tell that this generalized quiz is leaning in this way and if there's like a question that's like are you a dick no and you know what I mean? Like yeah, who's going to press yes to that? They generalize things to, to really set you up in a, to a specific way. So, like, specifically Christian women get the Enneagram 2 a lot, which is the helper. And it's the need to be needed. Right? The, what, the, so that's what I, I kind of have an issue with uh, with the quizzes in anything. Any generalized quiz, I think, is BS. It's a good starting point, I guess. And that's why they do it. But Yeah, it's... Do the work, you know? This is yourself. If you're trying to learn about yourself and gain insight, do yeah, the dude. work. Go figure it out. Yeah. Read a freaking book. Yeah, explore. Explore your own mind. Explore who you are and what you want to be. But um, what my problem is with it, not specifically the Enneagram, but almost any personality test, even like the astrology bullshit, um, it, although there is a lot of insightful things that you get out of it, I feel almost as if it's just limiting me. Like it's yep, telling the box. Me, like, I, I've yeah. got the same issue sometimes. It's like in astrology, I only know this because uh, Jesse Gorey's girlfriend uh, kind of like pushed me into astrology a little bit when we were forward and I was really into it when she was explaining it to me. And I still like think it's cool just because it's cool like to like see guidelines on like your own life, what's specific to you. And mm -hmm. it's the same thing with Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, whatever it is. But it's almost like, okay, if my strengths and the, the strengths finders test that I talked about, um, if my strengths are um x y and z are you saying that they can't be a b and c like i i want to be able to have no limits i want to be able to achieve nothing no matter what there shouldn't be a test that tells me that i'm this and i'm that and wait, maybe it isn't telling you that you are only these things but like that's what you get out of it because you're looking for what you are in them not what you're not so if i'm taking this test and it's telling you that i'm not efficient in um, de like developing or communicating or whatever it is. I think I'm actually efficient in both those. That's just what came to mind. But um, then I'm thinking, all right, then I can't be efficient in those. I can't have that aspect of my life. I want to, though. But it's going to tell me my strengths, right? Well, yeah, well, yeah. not necessarily, right? It's not necessarily all about strengths. Usually the way that people determine I know, uh, that's just the terms the I'm putting into. Yeah. Usually the way that people determine their number on the Enneagram is the one that frustrated them the most. Right. Yeah, because you told me that you you like you, it's it's it stumps you, like it takes a while for you to actually fully figure out what number you are, right? Yeah, it's it, like it's, you can guess. You might have like a certain feeling at the beginning, but sure. if you want to fully explore it, you might switch between six and seven and go back to three or four and back to six. Mm -hmm. you might always come back to the the first one, but when you explore other ones, you might feel like you resonate with those. And that was the other problem I had with it was like everyone that most people that read it, there are like four different numbers, or like I I resonate with at least a few of them for sure. I, sure. I when I read it with you, when me, you, and your mom stayed up and read like most of it for one night, yeah, or like we went through the basics of it and through each one, yeah, like I was like, okay, I I feel great with like three of these, and that's something that a lot of people definitely face for sure. And this is where it comes into like the um, that variety that I was talking about with Borderlands earlier. There is a way that it functions that it allows you to travel through the symbol in terms of maturity, age, mood, healthy, unhealthy, all this stuff, right? And what happens when you're in a stressful situation or what happens when you're in a positive situation, you move around and interact differently because your personality interacts differently in different scenarios. The attempt, I think that what it's, I think it attempts 
to provide a, a, a why you are rather than who you are. Um, it's not like you are an eight and you can't be anything else. And you are like, I, I, I resonate with the eight, right? So that is the challenger mm -hmm. and it's the need to be against because, oh yeah, man, I love to argue and I don't like sh shooting down a good challenge. And <laughs> yeah, gotcha. and, cheers. And it doesn't necessarily tell me that like, yeah, you're, you're just going to be a coarse, tough human being who's always going to argue people. And you're just going to, you're going to die on every hill that you, uh, you get on you know, every battle that you take. Yeah. Right. It, it, it more tells me an explanation for why I react in the ways that I do. And it comes to uh, being a little vulnerable here. It comes to the desire right. to not be perceived as, as weak, man. I want to be perceived as, as intellectual and strong and, and resourceful and reliable and all these things. Right. And when, and usually a weak person isn't any of those things. And that's like a root thing for me is to to be solid like when i make a mistake especially with you jbo because you're one of my like closest and oldest homies like at presley hears it like the most she because yeah. i'm just like i'm like damn it bro i dropped the ball <laughs> and it was just oh like, yeah the other night no, yeah, yeah. I, just, I'm, I'm not ever gonna hold anything against you but um, yeah i know right because no, we I, are I human but like still like i don't like it, 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 i i ascribe to a thought sometimes and if it is to be it is up to me you know you have a specific responsibility to yourself to achieve things and it's the same exact thing as hard work beats talent if talent doesn't work hard you have abilities do it you know what I mean? Like just do it is, is, is pretty tight. And there is some, there is some flexibility in there, right? Like yeah. there obviously is things outside. Wait, of you're saying control. just do it as in Nike? Yeah. Nike. Oh, shout out. Shout out Nike. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, free advertising. You can pay us though. <laughs> For real. But uh, no, real quick question on the Enneagram. So um, is this something that I I'm hoping it is? I'm sure your answer is going to be yes. It, you, your number can change throughout your life maybe? So yeah, what happens is there's these specific things that you, you're in a season, right? And the season to you is one that's really difficult. And remember what uh, I was talking about, the way that you interact in stress and in health and yeah. how your number kind of fluctuates through the grid, not the grid, it's a symbol, but yeah. that, that is a huge uh, source of misidentifying. And uh, you are, you can associate with a number. Oh, and that know, is... There's, it, it associates dudes like all the way down to like childhood wounds. Like it's really weird. It gets into yeah. like some really bizarre stuff that's like, man, how could they generalize billions of people into nine numbers? Yeah, yeah, that's another problem I have with it. Yeah, right. Like, and there's frustrating, but I think it's worth your time to to read into it a little bit more. I think that um, people can only say so much, and obviously, uh, I I have like a, I can articulate a little bit about it, and. Yeah, you're really good at you have to you have to you have to determine for yourself. And the only way that you're gonna do that is by looking into it. You can't just shit on something that you don't know anything about or that one one person talks about. You know what I mean? I don't feel I don't feel qualified to talk about physics because I watch Particle Fever and because one of my close buddies is a physicist that went to go to the to the collider in Switzerland, right? Like I'm not just gonna Oh, he like, went? I'm competent in this. Yeah, he had an internship there. Oh freaking wow. awesome. That's but it. I'm not gonna be like I'm competent in that, right? Because you talked about it a bunch and we've had a lot of good conversations about it. It's it's yeah. you So just because what you education. what you based your number on, you said eight, right? Yes. And that's after like that's discerning and looking inward. Yeah. I wanted I wanted to be seen differently. I wanted to be known as someone that's 
um, strong mentally and physically and intel intelligent came more recently. I, I didn't realize till about probably 2020 that I wanted to be perceived as intelligent, not just successful yeah. or not just, you know, wealthy, whatever it is. But, um, that, that didn't hit me till later in life. Whereas I think you had that realization way before me, right? I would say you did. Well, dude, like my family, right? Like if you're not intelligent, if you can't exactly, yeah, way before me, <laughs> you're silent. You know, you don't. Yeah, you're, you're, you don't get. You, you got to get in there, and the only way that some you of the get smartest people I know, their last name is the same as yours, bro. <laughs> like, um, but it's Thanks, it's man. just it's really interesting. Um, <clears throat> that comes from Patty Mac. Patty Mac is intense. Oh, exactly, exactly, and it's he's very persuasive um, when driving intelligence, and I, that's what I love about him. But I think that's something that maybe might not hit everyone in life. Some people don't get that push. Us three, luckily, we as of right now, I would say we all have that push to feel like that. Um, so props to us for getting there, but the, the fight's never over. Je Jesse, if you're interested in the Enneagram um, and you want to check something out, um, based on what I do, the small amount that I know about you, I'm not a big typer, but when it comes to this specific number, Ooh, it's... Yeah. Give him, give him a number. It's, it's, Let's hear it. It, it really or around, orients around artistic ability. And it's the number four. And it's, it's, it's really fascinating, man. It, it would be interesting to see. Uh, I so, would love to hear your feedback on what you thought about it. I have a good book for you. Um, if you're willing to maybe like check it out. If it, I bet you it's at the yeah, library or like so, Amazon. It's probably 10 bucks. So You know what we can do? Cool. Um, Jesse, that's your, that's your project, and I'll do the same. We'll have the same project. Um, you can give – I forget you gave me a number a while ago, Griffin, but we'll both look into our numbers, and we're only going to look at our numbers, and we will give our thoughts and um, some insight on what that number was on the next episode, and you can listen to our thoughts on it there. Oh, dude, that would be yeah. awesome. Um, I'll send you guys a picture of a packet that uh, really kind of like ties it up into like a little bow like condenses okay. the mm -hmm. information in like a, a really simple way and if you get interested a little bit more from then on that's when you can really dive okay. in that's how you I down start. for that jesse yeah sounds good all, to me. Awesome. all things considered man i was a skeptic out the ass when i first like got into the enneagram and i still okay. now have uh red flags so i uh like i said i had a conversation with uh one of the counselors that i got to know to this morning and I discussed with her that there's a lot of dangers that come with this. You know what I mean? If you got somebody who isn't really committed to the self-awareness and haven't, hasn't really passed the threshold in determining like who they are and what they want to do and all this fun stuff. And that's not necessarily like all of us, but like people say like, why am I here? And I, I just say like, that's up to you. <laughs> you know what mm, I mean? Like great way of putting it. Yeah. Pick <laughs> that's up to yeah. you, bro. Choose. Um, yeah, do do. I mean, a life's not, live until you live it so yeah life's not life until you live it is what i meant but um but seriously man like there's dangers you, you can really get you can get stuck in the box if you like are like i i don't associate with this thing it's not an all or nothing there's some flexibility God, yeah there's almost it's almost like i don't want to say it is but like it almost established itself in the same lines as like personality disorder like yeah. where you can't you can't fully decide who you are whether you're conscious of it or not you might just be doing it just because it's a disorder yeah but um I'm and sure some numbers you're, you're are faced. sick <laughs> you're yeah you're like maybe i want to be a five but i'm a fucking three you know, <laughs> like, maybe i want to be a three because they're the achiever and they need they have yeah. to succeed and oh, their life revolves around status so, and they're yeah, just success and status and they're well, good at whatever it, it is yeah. yeah and they are they are, my dad's a three <laughs> <laughs> well you know what we're all we all got our, our strengths and he definitely ex executes at his
Yeah. Um, guys, I'm gonna throw a curveball at oh, you. Oh okay. yes, love the. It's curve. a little bit on the lines of the enneagram, right? But, okay. Um, what's your Hogwarts house? <laughs> love it. I love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, dude, I think I took the test. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Griffin, what do you think Jason is? Ooh, okay. I'll do this for Griffin too. I'll. Talk I think Jason's. I think, I think Jason's a Ravenclaw. Um, either that or a Hufflepuff. Jason, what do you think Griffin is? I think Griffin. Is Gryffindor. <laughs> How appropriate. Seriously, though, I think Gryffindor is Gryffindor. And, I mean, like, I almost want to say Gryffindor or Slytherin, but... Dude, literally, the, you just hit the nail on the head, Jace. There's like, a, there's an internal conflict. Oh, bro, you're so like, right. I resonate with... Compared Anakin. to the Enneagram. Do you realize yeah. that, Jesse? It's the same thing. <laughs> I resonate with the... One thing, uh, depending on where I am and, like, who I ask, if I ask anybody from, like, CLC... Hufflepuff! Traditionally, from CLC, I'll get people who say I'm Gryffindor, right? Oh. I was more, I took a lot more like leadership roles, things like that, and that nature over there. Whereas if I go to SCAD, a lot of people, you know, I may have conveyed myself a little bit differently. They see me more of a snake, a little bit more of a slither. <laughs> Dude, that's which, so uh, weird you said that, Jesse. I was, thinking, I was thinking to myself, like, I wonder if Jesse would fit in as a Slytherin. And I was just like, no, nah, he's just not an asshole. Mm. <laughs> so I, that's Jesse's why I said not an asshole, but because you, know me, you could be like that Cedric Diggory vibe, man. Like, you're just like <laughs> a tight, you're like a tight dude. <laughs> no but no i was just gonna say the i did get ravenclaw uh when i t- i remember i did the test like a year or two ago and i got ravenclaw nice money what'd you get Griff? the first time that i took the test i got gryffindor but i really think that i was trying to get, to get gryffindor i oh, really, really? Think okay. i was trying to get gryffindor because yeah so i ended up getting hufflepuff and i was like fuck this i'm, I'm not a hufflepuff bro <laughs> you're no I, I don't care what any test says you're not a hufflepuff no and and that's like when you brought up like slytherin jace right like people say gryffindor because my name is griffin and because i'm like kind of a. Crack that's guy. not why i was thinking at all i generally yeah. think that based off i've just know. got like a bunch of energy right so it's just like ah! yeah it's like let's rage yeah um and, but slytherin is like that internal conflict i resonate with like anakin and like the dilemma that goes in there, man, like that good and uh, evil of like just getting well, like, that's, that's like Gryffindor, anger, bro. like anger, man. Like I feel like if I sat under the sorting hat, I'd just be like, so what do you think, bro? And he just like, he'd be like, he'd be like, dude, you got some like issues with rage yeah, on the like, inside. Oh. <laughs> you'd be like, bro, that, dude, that but you're actually so... kind of like happy go lucky. So like you can do that. And hat. I'd be like Gryffindor. That hat was actually so sus in those movies. Like, For sure. I don't know. I always remember that hat just freaking me out. And I was like, dude, just get it get it away. I hate that thing. <laughs> That's funny. Um, my God. Kind of segue to what I recently found out is a, is a, um, a strategy for memorization. I think you're going to get a kick out of this, Jesse. And you too, Griffin. Um, it was on a podcast. I forget who I was listening to. It was... Oh, it was Jordan B. Peterson. Here, I've explained Jordan B. Peterson before to you, uh, Griffin. I think, right? Who he is? He's a Jordan behavioral- Peterson. Yeah, he's a he's, he's a behavioralist. Or Jason, I watch him probably every week. Okay, hell yes, I'm so glad you say that. Yeah, he's a behavioral um, psychologist or uh, therapist at University of Toronto. Teaches whatever. Professor he's, at the University of Toronto. Yeah, yeah. He, he awesome guy. Super insightful on everything he talks about. Learn a lot from him. But a form of memorizing that he uses, or strategy, sorry, is he puts ideas or memories into specific places. 
and like you have to have a place for it. So let's say, for me, I instantly chose my childhood house in Ponza Kildare. I chose that's where I'm gonna store memories from now on. And I've been trying to do it. It's hard. It's really hard. But you have to get you have to build a lot into it. So the the idea behind it is, let's say I have a memory of playing video games recently. I'm gonna put that memory into the old game room at my old house, where like me and my brother and you and Connor, whoever was over and playing like, video games, like first game room or like like renovated game room, like game renovated room game room, bro, renovated, okay. renovated. Gotcha. I'm gonna put that memory specifically in that part of my house, and so whenever I want to go and grab that memory. You're supposed to think of that physical place, and you're supposed to grab it from that actual physical location. So if I have a memory of um, the time that I recently set off the fire alarm in the kitchen here, I'm going to store that memory in my kitchen in my old house. Like, it, it's super weird, and it's really hard to do once you start to actually do it. You have to actually tell yourself you're doing it and establish it. Like, you have to have specific categories of what a memory stands for and establish that category for a specific part of the house. And I just thought it was really interesting and something that if you can actually do and pull off and like, you know, you do it efficiently, it'd be really cool to, to do on a regular basis. Griff, I don't know if you've gone into this in like your psych classes, but I took just one psych class when I was at CLC and we got into just kind of like how memories work and how like neural networks the work just in general. I'm currently in neuroscience. Yeah. Um, but they described it as like spider webs, things like that. But like every memory is connected to another memory. So when you're associating these memories with other memories or places, that's going to help you remember them later on. So as you're saying, like draw, draw, dragging it from like one place, whether it's the game room at your old uh, house or whatever it was, that is establishing that network or that mm-hmm. web and that connection. So. No, but like, right, this neural pathway that you build in the mind, the way that I brought myself back, anxiety. People use this with anxiety, Jace. And what they do is they literally picture like a jar. And then they, they create a, a, a vision in their mind's eye of this anxiety. They, I guess, personify it. Let's say that. And they'll take it and they'll literally put it in the jar. And then they'll seal the jar. And then they'll just like throw it into the abyss that is the mind. And mm-hmm. that's supposed to help cope and improve anxiety and like your fear of what the thought is, whatever provoked the anxiety. And it's, it's, it's yeah. super fascinating. You know what I mean? You can store memories away and have them be forgotten just as well as you can put them in. You might not be able to cause the effect that um, requires or allows you to remember it again. Yeah. It might take someone else's force or ability or words mm-hmm. to bring that memory back. Yeah, it's a trigger. Yeah, that's a perfect word for it. Wow, that's really interesting. It's yeah, there's a, there's a lot of components of neuroscience and neuropsychology that we could definitely talk on, but would just take forever. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the J-Side podcast. Jason, do you have anything to add? Yeah, and I also just want to do another shout-out for Jake Gorey, my man. He made those awesome intros and outros for us. He's got some other tracks coming for the show pretty soon here. You can expect more from him in the future. His SoundCloud is Gorey. And I also want to do our movie recommendation for the week. That is Sound of Metal, 2019 drama, based on, it's a music movie, basically. Um, Director is Darius Martyr. Lead role is Riz Ahmed, who I also already knew from the movie um, The Night Of, which is an HBO original. It's also worth a watch. Great show, also. And you can watch that on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, Guys, I just wanted to say it was an absolute pleasure. Uh, I had a a blast talking about a bunch of topics, and man, we went all over the map. It was a good time. Yeah, I loved it. Great episode. I love it too, man. I appreciate the the opportunity to be able to chat with you guys. It's been a pleasure. And you guys are some bright minds. And 
I am confident in uh, the growth of the the podcast. Good. We love Thanks to hear so it. Much. Thank you. And we'll have you back. We'll have you back in the future after we have a couple rounds of guests in. Cheers to that, man. Yeah. I'm excited to reflect in. We'll see how yeah. much we've changed at that point. Great. And then definitely check Absolutely. out check out our experience with the Enneagram on the next episode. Oh, cheers. Yep. <laughs> cheers. Cheers.